They're trying to get me civilized, I think they said. All right, so let's turn our Bibles today to Romans, the 10th chapter, and verse 5. I'm going to be talking to you about the languages of faith. And uh, sometimes when we think about the languages of faith, we think one-dimensional. But I'm headed in a different direction, and I believe you're going to be encouraged. In Romans, the 10th chapter, and verse 5, it declares this. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Somebody say, faith has a voice. It speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into the heavens, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what saith it, the voice of faith? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So faith has a voice. And it needs to be released. A voice silent is a voice simply not heard and a voice that accomplishes nothing. Now, if we could have Isaiah 57:19 up on the screen. Isaiah 57:19. This is speaking God through the prophet Isaiah, and he speaks to those that are lost, but he speaks to Israel, but prophetically to those that do not know God. Uh, the nation that will be born in the nation. Isaiah 59:7. I'm sorry, Isaiah 57:19. There you go. Thank you. I, talking about God, create the fruit of the lips or the words of a man's speech. Peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. There are two types of languages. God creates the first language of faith to bring this strange sinner, stranger, aliens, Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10, down through 14, the Gentile nation, unto him that whosoever shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in his heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now that is the confession that must be acknowledged by everybody that is afar off from God. But those that are near unto God, God also puts a word in their mouth. What is it? It is the word of faith. It is not the word of works. It is the word of faith that God gives to us. It's in our heart and it's in our mouth. This is the work of God. Now let's go to Isaiah 59 and verse 20. Isaiah 59 verse 20. I'm just laying the foundation that we see that there is a language that God creates. And it says, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and to them that turn from the transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them. This is God speaking. Saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my word which I have put in thy mouth, 
shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth forever. In other words, a part of God's covenant is to supply a word of faith or a word of declaration to the people that serve him. And this, this word is supposed to be good from one generation to another generation. So we are to teach people. Now, it's not supposed to depart out of our mouth. Amen? Now, so there are in this world, how many languages? Thousands, right? Now, man did not make up those languages. God authored those languages to create boundaries for people, geographical boundaries, national boundaries, and so forth. God is the author of those languages. But God is also the author of the language of the kingdom. Could I get an amen? Now, all of these languages that we hear are inspired of God, but there are languages sometimes that we don't recognize as being inspired by God or being inspired in order to get sound. How many of you know that your natural body has a language? Mm -hmm. The lust of the flesh, it has a voice. You ever heard that, David? Yeah, in the past. Hallelujah. Yeah, I think you've heard it since you've been saved. You having kids? Where'd that come from? Thank you, David. Moving right along. Okay, now this language is born of God. And then there is the language of our eyes. You know your eyes pick up language. You know there is a language of evidence. Could have given an amen. That's why we are commanded not to walk by sight, but to walk by faith. See, things that we see speak to us. They speak to us in a negative way or a positive way. When you're believing God, time will speak to you. It's time to get up. It's time to go to work. It's time to come home. But when you're in a battle of faith, it speaks to you in a negative way. Where is God? It's been so long. Has God forgotten you? Has God been idle? Did he not hear your prayer? Did he not move on your seed? So those are negative expressions. How about hunger? How about hunger? Hunger is a voice. And if you don't have that voice, you don't eat. Some of us need to have our hunger mechanism go hungry. But when somebody gets sick and they don't eat, they lose their appetite. In other words, they've lost their voice. It doesn't stir them. So what do they do? They don't eat. And so they lose weight, getting sicker. And so we have to have those voices. Could I get an amen? So we understand that there are inspired voices in our life that God has put in there. But there are negative voices that the devil will use to destroy us. Amen. All right. So let's go over to uh, there is the voice of our mind. In James, the first chapter, verse 5 through 8. James 1. And we're going to read from 5 through 8. It is the voice of your mind, the voice of your soul. 
And it says this, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to men, all of them, liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall. Somebody say, it shall. It shall be given unto him. Next verse. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea that is driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Notice that a man becomes unstable. Why? Because after the voice of faith assures him that God will hear, lays out what will happen if you ask God, God will give you liberally, upright is not, and it shall be given as soon as that confidence brings forth faith not only does it bring forth faith but it gives you a word of faith and when you speak that word faith goes into motion but then comes the voice of doubt a voice that tries to get you to question what God just said and if you question it guess what you're double-minded so the word of faith demands that we keep our focus on what God said Close our ears to all other voices, Amen. right? Amen. So we have to make sure that we don't listen to other voices, the voice of reason. Well, it's impossible for God to do that. There's nothing impossible with God. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need to adhere to what God says and keep our focus on what God said. If we start opening ourselves up to other voices, then what's going to happen is, those other voices are going to give you a word to say. And you're going to say something negative instead of something positive. Amen. Amen? That's why I never look at Phyllis in, like she is. I always look at the picture of her when I married her. It always keeps me encouraged. This is who I married. Now my mind will say, oh no, but look at that woman. I say, ah, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Absolutely not. I'm not looking at her in her present state. I'm looking at her in her past state. I'm holding fast my confession of faith. Amen? Thank you, David. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, so let's now go into uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, and verse 17. Romans 4, 17. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want you to realize that there are a lot of languages in the world. And the devil will use those languages on a negative sense. But you and I have to make sure that we always respond in a positive way. In a faith statement. Remember that faith is what gives the just life. But if the devil can steal your language or pervert it, he'll steal the life that God has for you through the redemption of Christ. Amen. Romans 4.17 says this, And as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and, notice, it tells us God quickens the dead, and God talks the talk that is contrary to the earth, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now let's go to verse 18. And, and who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be verse 19 
And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Somebody say, he considered not his own body. Now, this leads us, I'll just give you a little caption. It leads us to where God puts a word of faith into Abraham's mouth that we're going to look at in a little while. But notice that Abraham's body was talking to him. And he was saying, you're 99 years old. You can't have a baby. He had to stop that voice. Have you ever heard that, John? You know this is a setup. Have, have you ever heard that? No. John's never heard that. He doesn't believe his body. Do you believe yours, David? Good, all right. Never, don't do it. But your body has a voice. Amen? And it can defy what God has said. So you're going to have to make a choice to believe what God has said and let God put a word in your mouth. And God will give you the fruit of your lips and it'll lead you to the fullness of life that he has for you in Christ Jesus. Sometimes people think words are foolish things. And in lots of senses they are because we live in a foolish, ignorant world. But then when we start talking about the wisdom of God, when we start talking about the way that God talks, the things that God reveals to us, the righteous. When we start talking about that, we get criticism, not only from the world, but from the church. Because a lot of the church doesn't even believe in the things of God. Amen? They live in, they believe in them in a first, in a small way. Like if you asked anybody, do you believe in heaven? Oh, yes. You believe Jesus come back? Oh, yes. So you believe in a heaven? Yes. You believe that Jesus is going to come back? Oh, yes. But you don't believe in speaking things that are not as though they are? No, absolutely not. But Jesus hasn't come back yet. But they are continually speaking it as is going to happen. They speak that they're going to go to heaven. They've never been there. They don't have a lease. They don't have a picture. They don't have nothing. But they talk about it as if it's real. But then when it comes to all the other promises of God, besides salvation, which they talked, and guess what? They just totally reject it. They take it into a small part, but they never live in it in the overall part. Amen? amen? But we want to live the fullness of God. Could it get an amen? amen? So, now we are talking about that there are languages, spiritual languages that we have. Now, let's go uh, to... Uh, Let's go to Genesis, the 17th chapter. Let's see where Abraham's language was born. How many of you believe that on the day of Pentecost, God gave us other tongues? Okay. Now, the Bible says in Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 15 on down through 18, that these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with other tongues. They shall what? Speak with other tongues. They shall what? Speak with other tongues. They shall what? Speak with other tongues. Do you know it's a part of your nature as a believer, not only cast out devils, not only lay hands on the sick, but to speak with other tongues. Other tongues. That doesn't just mean being filled with the Holy Ghost, but it does mean that you as a believer, 
with a citizenship in heaven are to speak like a heavenly citizen in other tongues not just one tongue but there are multiple tongues there is a language of love there is a language of faith there's a language of praise that we're going to get into but this is your nature we are to talk like citizens from a different world remember when the woman told Peter your speech reveals to who you are he started cussing acting like the world so she dropped the subject but see Peter spoke with a dialect that was associated with Jesus and so we as Christians should be known not only just for our lifestyle oh we attend church so do bugs if you look in the corners we have these little bug traps listen even bugs can't stay away from church they, they come to church all the mice in our church are prosperous they're wearing fur coats listen to me I'm, I'm telling you it's and but what happens is this the church thinks because I go to church on Sunday I'm a Christian no 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 you're not no you're not you are a Christian because you're a disciple of Christ and one of the things that he does for you he teaches you how to talk yeah you have to learn how to talk the language of the kingdom now how many of you have ever been in another country and had to go to the bathroom and tried to explain what you were looking for if you went to France I would say ooh wee oui, wee oui. <laughs> and they'd say yes wee oui, wee oui. I'd say no not wee oui, wee oui, wee oui, wee oui. I got to go wee oui, wee oui. you know that you can go hungry and get in a desperate position if you don't know the language of another country at least learn the basics bathroom man help me quick Amen. right oh, yeah. so you got to have basic how do we think that we move in and move into the kingdom of God yet we don't talk kingdom language well if you don't learn how to talk by faith do you understand that you're not going to get anything from God I'm, I'm just telling you, you can't even get saved right there is a way you have to get saved it's not the Roman road to salvation somebody made that up the way to get saved is you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and then thou shalt be saved but I have to repent of all my sins. You can't remember them. Amen? So we have to do what the Bible tells us to do. Let's talk kingdom talk. Amen? Let's talk kingdom talk and stop talking like the world. No bitterness, no anger, no wrath, no blasphemy, no maliciousness. Let's stop that stuff. Divisiveness, let's stop that stuff. Hallelujah. All right. Now, this is where... God is talking to Abraham and teaching him a heavenly language. Now, at this point right here, Abraham has had the promise of God for 25 years. Somebody say 25 years. He gave him the promise in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. But nothing happens with the promise unless faith is mixed with it. Oh, God will just bring it to pass. That, that's totally crazy. That, that's like God's in charge of everything. 
Where was he last week when you and your husband was fighting? He take a nap or what? He's not in charge. He can't even keep you under control. Come on, let's honest to God. Is that the truth, isn't it? Amen. He can't even keep the church under control. God is not in control. You better take control of yourself and bring your members into obedience to God. And even your thoughts, you got to pull down and take them captive, bring them into. God is not in charge of your life. If he is, he needs to get to working overtime. At least in my house with Phyllis. I wish he'd just show up for, for work one day. That'd be nice. Hallelujah. All right, moving right along. Okay, Abraham has had this promise 25 years. Now the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 1 and 2, that Israel had the gospel. They had it for over 2,000 years. But it never profited them anything not being mixed with faith. How many of you believe in David? Sure. Where did David get all of, all of the Psalms? He got them out from under the law. Because... He saw it by faith. But everybody else thinks the law is bad. There's nothing bad about the law. Nothing bad about the law at all. If without the law, we would not even known that we were transgressors. Amen. 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 We still need the law. Amen. Amen. All right. So here, God appears to Abraham after 25 years. And it says this. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine. He's going to live seven years longer than I am. And it says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Wasn't that pretty cool? And it said, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. But thy name shall be Abraham for or because a father of many nations I have made thee. When did God make him a father of many nations? Somebody say in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. As soon as he had a promise... God considered him what the promise said, right? You know, God never considers you at a disadvantage against the devil because he's already said, I'm on your side, I'm with you, you're more than a conqueror. God never expects you to cry about, oh God, help me. What would, what would he do for you? What, what would he do for you? He gave you the promise. What would he do for you? Behold, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go. God, the devil's harassing me. I know, but I gave you power to cast out serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. I gave it to you. What do you want me to do? See, you think that God is the one casting out devils. No. You cast out devils. God doesn't have any devil problems. You got devil problems. Could, could it get an amen? See, the church is so messed up in its thinking. Thank God he touched my mind. <laughs> I'm kidding you. But the, see, the church keeps thinking on the negative side of who they are. And we have to start thinking about that we are who God said we are. Amen. amen? And if God gave us power... 
I'm not going to let the devil beat me up because I don't feel like I have power or I don't think I have power or that I think some way God deceived me and saying, oh, I gave you power, but I really didn't give it to you. No, absolutely not. No, we as Christians have got to accept who we are in God. Now, when God gives you a promise, he considers his part done. If he says, I'm going to meet every one of your needs according to his riches and glory, he never expects you to suffer need. It's out of his hands. He's already said, this is what I'll do. Now, all you have to do is mix faith with it. Not moaning, not complaining, not murmuring, not whining. Mix faith. Whining does not work. Amen? All right, and then it says this. And he says, and I will make thee an exceedingly fruitful, and I will make the nation of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Now let's go over to uh, verse, I think it's a 13 or 12, oh no, 15, about Sarah. And it says, and God said unto Abraham, and as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, her name shall be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell on his face and he did what? Wow. And said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And to an ugly woman, 70-some years. That's not what he said. That's just my viewpoint. Erase that part. And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, come on. Oh, Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. Now, where did the language of faith come from? Genesis 17, 1 down through 20. What did it do? It gave him utterance. And it is as much inspired as the gift of tongues. It is as much as inspired as praise. It's as much inspired as anything God ever did. He brought Abraham. Abraham is known in Genesis, the 11th chapter, that he that crossed over. The word crossed over means that he is the Hebrew, the man from another world. And that's what Abraham was known as. He was a man from another world because he lived by the direction of another God. And here we see God sharing heavenly languages with Abraham. So you and I understand, remember when we read in Isaiah 59, 20 20 and 21, that I will give you the fruit of your lips and I will give them to your seed and to your seed seed. This is the fruit of the lips of faith given to our father Abraham, given to his seed Israel 
and given to us his seed, the Gentiles. Could I get an amen? Now, you can talk like your father or you can talk like your earthly father. Now, who are you going to mimic? I'm going to, I'm going to mimic my father of faith. The friend of God eternally. I'm going to mimic my father of faith. Why? He's mimicking God. All right, let's go back to Romans 4, 17. Hallelujah. Now, having seen that Abraham had a promise 25 years before and never did anything with it, now we begin to see that the language of faith, somebody say the language of faith, is what makes the promises that are written in the Scripture become tangible or materialistic or have earthly substance. You say, well, I don't believe that. Really? Well, how did you get saved? By faith. People tell me all the time, I just don't believe in that confession stuff. I say, well, how did you get saved? Works? How, how did you get saved? You can't be saved without a confession of faith. And if it worked one time, it should work with every promise. Right? If it brings the life of God to you, then it can be repeated every time you use it. Right? All right, now, how did the promise of God to Abraham become earthly substance? Not just by the promise. How did it become? I'm going to call you Abraham. So from now on, call yourself Abraham, and you will be speaking things that are not as though they are. That is the only thing that Abraham did. Well, besides, we're not going to talk about what took place in the tent. But by what we're looking at, the only thing Abraham did was change his name. When God gives you a promise like, by his stripes, ye were healed, God expects you to change your name. Just change your name. Are you married? You think so. Did you change your name? When you, uh, after you got married, you run into friends and they say, hey, man, you know, there's a good looking babe looking for you. You said, oh, I'm married. And it defined your language in your covenant with your wife and defined your identity, changed your attitude, the way you talk and the way you think and the way that you respond. Amen. Absolutely. When you change your name based on a promise or a covenant, then everything about you changes to line up with what you're talking. Amen. Yeah, all right. So Romans 4.17, it says this, As it is written, back in Genesis 17, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Every promise that you read is against everything that has made you hopeless. Amen. Amen. That's why God gave the promise there. 
when he says you can do all things through Christ, that's for those that are facing hopeless situations, have no strength to do it, no ability to endure, to, to uh, stand up under the pressure of life. He says you can do all things. Nobody's supposed to say, I can't. No. Not if you're a Christian. No. I can't is an evil, negative word saying, sure. God has not provided for me. We don't ever say, I can't, except when it's time to take out the trash and do the dishes. But in, in the world of faith, we don't. And it says this, that uh, he might become the father of many, many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Five words. And it says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Never consider your own strength. Amen. Did you get a Bible? Do you have a college education? Do you have a Bible uh, college education? You don't. You look smarter than that. You, you have a college education? You do. You have a... You, <laughs> David, I changed it in the middle of it. You don't even... How long did you go to school to get like that? And where did you go? Remind me to miss that, that stop in my life, will you? So here you're a college graduate. You're a college graduate. You're here today listening to me. What are you doing here? I'm a high school dropout. Did you know that? Did you consider that before you came to this church? No, absolutely not. Why? Because I've never considered my weaknesses. And I can do anything. I can preach to presidents. I can counsel governors. Amen. And I can still bow my knee to Phyllis's voice. <laughs> I can do a lot of things, but there are things I just cannot do. Now, and it says this, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, or yet neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he staggered not at the promise of God, which has seemed so impossible of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God so now let's get this Abraham learned how to talk faith from God somebody say from God, from God. you aren't going to learn it in the institute you're going to learn it in most churches you're going, to, you're going to have to learn it from God from God and when you learn it then what you'll do is you will start stepping into the things that God has laid up for you now, let's, uh, let's, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 2.9. 1 Corinthians 2.9. We might get, not get through everything we're going through today, but we'll get to it eventually. 1 Corinthians 2.9. And it says this. But as it is written... No, let's go up to verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, and had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for him or them that love him. 
But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Even for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things that God knoweth, no man, God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are given, freely given unto us of God. Which things we speak. Somebody say, we speak. Now what God reveals to you that he has given to you freely because you've not received the spirit of the world but you have received the spirit of God he says now these things we also speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual next verse but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, what are the things that have not entered into the heart of man or into the mind of man? Somebody say the promises of God. They haven't entered in because it is a birthright. They do enter in when the Holy Ghost comes, which is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and he reveals these things to you and writes them up on your heart or gives you what we would call revelation knowledge. Now, when you have revelation knowledge of what God has said to you, what does it take to bring it to pass? Is the revelation enough? No. What does it require? A language. Who teaches us to talk faith? The Holy Ghost. Who is the Holy Ghost? Fellas, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of faith. Right? 2 Corinthians 4.13 says that when we believe that, the spirit of faith speaks to us. That what we say, what we believe, we speak. If we believe that by his stripes we are healed, what are we going to say? I am the healed of God through the covenant of redemption. I'm not going to say, but I'm sick. Well, there you go. The natural man receives not the things of God. They are foolishness to him. Now, you might not think speaking faith is a life and death situation. It is. You can die spiritually if you don't use it. And you can die physically if you don't use it but the Holy Ghost teaches you now he is the spirit of faith what do you think how do how do you think he teaches you to talk here you go Peter look at this God said if you sow a seed he'll multiply the seed don't believe that Peter that never works I'm the Holy Ghost I've been there I've seen it fail so many times is that how the Holy Ghost talks to you about God and about his promises no, the Holy Ghost teaches you to talk. And he teaches you the same way he taught Abraham. This is what I want you to do. I want you to speak things that are not as though they are. Based on what I said, not based on what you see, 
not based on anything else, based on what I said, take these words which I have created to be the fruit of your lips, put them in your lips, and say them. Amen. Say them. Have you ever seen Jesus? No. Have you ever told anybody he raised from the dead? Yes. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You, you have never seen Jesus? No. And you go around telling people that? Yes. David, what is wrong with you, son? what God's word says don't you think you ought to have a little bit of evidence I do where the word of God my revelation of the Holy Spirit yeah but newspaper comes out every week too <laughs> well I have it in works you have it in works also because your wife makes you live right you think that's works <laughs> works and faith hmm so you believe Jesus raised from the dead have you ever been to the tomb? No. Oh, you've never even been there. Okay. Steve, you believe that Jesus is in heaven. Yes. And you believe he's coming back again. I do. Just right in the midair. No rockets, no NASA, no nothing, no jetpack. And he's just going to come and you're just going to go up in the air. And the dead that are in the ground, buried, rotten, are going to come up too. I don't have it all figured out, but I believe it. <laughs> and you tell people that. I told Phil, see, if I go to the graveyard, I wanted to put on there, Christian, don't stand on this plot if the rapture is near. I don't want to knock them down. Say, whoops, sorry, man. And then him die and him not even get a chance to be saved. I want all my enemies to gather around my grave right before the rapture. So when this old man puts off those old garments, that they can see the new man's moon rising to heaven. Where I can say, I told you so. I'm going right on with you. I told you so. I want to get the last laugh now now you tell people all these stories and you tell them to them in a language of faith so why is it when it comes to the other promises you think they're just foolish gibberish come on no if God said it he reveals it the Holy Ghost then connects it with a language of faith. Without the language of faith, you're never going to see any of the gospel come to pass. And the Bible says because they didn't mix it with faith, it profited them nothing. There is great profit in every promise that God has given us. It creates life and godliness. So if you don't mix faith with it, You'll live an unprofitable life. Amen? And so let's let the Holy Ghost teach us how to talk with kingdom language. God taught our father Abraham, and he gave it to him to be to his seed and to his seed seed. So you and I are the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3, 26 on down through 29. 
We are the seed of Abraham by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, so we have a voice of faith that we speak things not, uh, not as though they are not as though they are. Now, we have that language. Amen. Now, we need to use that language. Amen. Amen. Did your dad ever teach you any pickup lines? Oh, wow. David. <laughs> I used a pickup line on Phyllis. I said, is that the sun? Or did you just open your eyes? <laughs> I picked up off the ground and I said, do you need any more or will you just say yes now? She said, give me another drink. I said, okay. <laughs> no, I, we weren't saved when we got married. Hallelujah. I wish we had been. God might have led us different. Now, moving right along. Now, so we see that there is one part. But notice if you look at Romans 4, 19 and 20 again. There is the part where Abraham speaks things that are not as though they are. But then it says this, and not being weak in faith. Somebody say weak in faith. He considered not his body now dead when he was yet a hundred years old, yet neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Next verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Did unbelief come to Abraham? Yes. What did it come for? Somebody say the words of his mouth. When the devil tempts you not to believe in Jesus Christ or to believe that you're saved, what did you come after? Your confession. Your confession. Well, how do I backslide? Start telling people I'm not a Christian. One day, Phyllis and I lived in Columbus, Ohio. We lived in a little one room with a little kitchen and a bathroom. Just, little, just you know, living room, bedroom was everything. And uh, I worked at a lumber company. And uh, I was going down through the line, uh, driveway of the lumber company, and I was just discouraged. So I said these words, hey, God, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I, said, I just said that. That's all I said. Well, I come home that night, and I open the door, and Phyllis yells in a loving voice, you backslid today, didn't you? Yeah, she did. And she actually said, I opened the door and she said, you backslid today. I went upstairs. I said, how'd you know? She said, the devil came to me and he spoke to me and he said, I just got your husband and I've come after you. And she said, in the name of Jesus, and he disappeared. Don't you wish you'd get a head? Kathy, close your eyes, your ears. Don't you wish you could get a, rid of all your in-laws that fast? Now, move around. Now, move. But she said, in the name of Jesus, and he disappeared. I came home that night, and she said, you backslid. The devil told me you did, and he come after me. Now, all I said was, Jesus, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Now, if you think the devil didn't know the power of those words, why would he have come well, I know he probably came after Phyllis. He, he might have been there all the time. But anyway, but this time he manifests himself. Now, why would he have said, I got your husband? All I did was abort the words of faith. 
All I did was stop saying that Jesus was my Savior. I could have said, Jesus, I feel so lonely and broken down. I, I just, Jesus, all I know is I believe in you. Help me. I could have said that. And he would have been a failure. But I said faithless words. And he came to fill us. And he said, I've come to get you. Well, if you speak words of negativity, death, faithlessness, against the promises of God, know this, he's got you. He's got you. Well, I don't think that's so important. He's got you. Well, I'm not sure that's everything God wants. He's got you. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say, God will bring to pass. What you confess, you'll have. So, the devil got my soul in a moment of time. One moment of time. Nothing big. Nothing earth-shattering to anybody. Just... Ah, Jesus, I just, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Now, he knew the power of that word. And he took off and manifested himself to my wife. I'll tell you, buddy, he had guts that day. But he ran into Phyllis and he said, she said, in the name of Jesus. Now, you can live or die by your confession. You can be saved or you can go to hell. You can live the life of the just or you can live without the life of the just. You can be the seed of Abraham or you can be the offspring of Ishmael. You can consider your body or you can consider God. You can say what God said about you or you can say what you think about yourself. I would encourage you to side with God. Could it get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands up towards heaven for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing. We thank you, God, that you have come today. And God, we ask that you would take a coal from your altar. We're praying the prayer of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, where, God, we are people in many cases of unclean lips. We've spoken what we've seen. We've spoken what we felt. We've spoken what we've been going through. Instead of God speaking what you have given us for our lips. God, you've given Abraham, our father, the word of faith. And God, we, as his children, want to live in that faith world where we are citizens of heaven. Now, God, cleanse our lips. Remind us, Holy Ghost. Bring things back to our remembrance. Strengthen us and direct us that we will live, walk, and talk the way that you would have us walk and talk. Let our words and our conversations be pleasing unto you, God. God, make today a new day. Make today, God, a day of life and a day of strength. 
Let our words, God, pave the way for your hand upon our life. And God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, Charles? You sleeping well? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me pray for you. The Bible gives us a promise. I don't know how you would sleep. I'm not in your bed. Don't come to my bed, Charles. I don't want strangers in my bed. No. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you, Charles. And God is going to change your sleeping patterns. The Bible says that God gives us the sleep of the righteous. Now, in the name of Jesus, God, I break this disruptive sleep pattern upon Charles. And in the name of Jesus, I loose right now, God. And I declare over him that, God, he will sleep the sleep of the righteous. He will rise up, God, after six, seven and a half hours, and he will be refreshed and restored in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is even interested in how we sleep. Amen. I'm telling you, God is interested in all that we do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That young man sat beside uh, that lady with the long blonde hair. You have no hair. Will you stand up? Stand your feet, young man. Yep. You know what? You need a real breakthrough. Not just in, in the world. You need a breakthrough on inside. You really need a touch from God. You need new wells dug in your life. Because kind of like Isaac, the Philistines have filled them up. It seems like everything that you would dig or everything you put your hands to that you would think, hey, this is God, things are going well. One day you wake up and it's kind of like they would just dry up. I'll tell you what, today is a day of new beginnings for you. I'm telling you, you are going to be as if it were. You will open your eyes. God's going to show you some things just like he did Hagar in the middle of a dry place. You're going to see the hand of God working on you. Now, uh, did you have a ruptured disc or something? Do you have a back problem? You do. Okay. Well, now, did, did you drive a truck? What happened to that back? What is it? Work-related. Uh, is that workhouse, like you're carrying out trash and stuff like that? Or, okay, work. Okay. If you'll just raise your hand and put take your left hand and put it back here about a third of the way up and that's going to be touched and you're going to find out that all of that is going to loose you and you're going to be free you're not going to have any stiffness no more you're not going to have any of this pain kind of like a chronic thing you're going to be freed from that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I loose the healing power of God I speak to that back I command it to come loose him right now let him go in Jesus name now God visit him visit him God open up his eyes give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge God in Jesus name I want you to know young man you have a strong faith but just because sometimes we get to a place that God we need to drink doesn't mean anything it means that God may be drawing us to a deeper place with him and so God's going to open up to you and you're going to drink and you're going to be refreshed I just perceive within the next 21 days
you're just going to have like it is your own spiritual renewal is going to take place and you're going to rise up and you're going to be bold and you're going to be firm in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah come on somebody shout hallelujah praise the Lord of glory hallelujah hallelujah oh we worship you Jesus hallelujah 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 is a pretty common name is there a Linda here you've been dealing with a migraine headaches uh, it happens on your I have my hand on my right side and I think that it's on your right side where they begin and uh, they have really been irritating you for the last couple of years your name is Linda who is that Linda hey Linda okay hallelujah that's all right we see him after service all the time don't we Mark? <laughs> hallelujah okay praise God hallelujah lift your hands up one more time now father based upon your word that said that who I blessed would be blessed I decree blessing upon this congregation upon every business upon every household I break the power God of the enemy approaching and attacking them trying to divide their families, God trying to disassociate their children, and God, I curse the work of the enemy, and I lose God a supernatural touch, an eruption of your blessing in Jesus' mighty name. Now God, keep your hand upon us as we go. Lead us and guide us and use us this week, God. Put a word in our mouth for somebody's season. Lead us and guide us, God, right to the right person at the right time. Keep us, God, safely until we come again under the banner of the name of Jesus Christ. Let the voice of the redeemed declare boldly who we are and what God has said. For God, you will not fail us, nor will you forsake us. We are your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. See you Wednesday evening.